I've got two verses of scripture that I'm going to read as my text. And um, I thought Brother Hilton was going to just preach my message for me anyhow. That would have been fine. When he first opened up, some of the things he started saying are in my notes. And so I thought, well, just go ahead. That just saves me all the way around here. We got it, got it done. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to read one verse of Scripture there. And then Romans chapter 6, one verse of Scripture there. And again, to the saints of God, I'm asking you, please help me today. You know that I'm struggling with my voice. And so that puts me at a disadvantage. And the other thing is, I really feel like I am preaching beyond these four walls today. And that puts me at another disadvantage. And so I need you to really pray today and really tap into the Holy Ghost. Because I'm going to tell you, somebody could pray through to the Holy Ghost in their home today. And, and somebody could just leave their home and drive to the church and pray through. There's no telling what God might do if we, as a church, as a, could really tap in to the Holy Ghost. I, I listening to these messages of Elder Davis's, he. Some of you may have heard. I can't remember now. It was in one of those that I've just recommended or not. But he was telling a story about one night, church was having a prayer meeting, and a Jewish man walked in and had an overcoat on. And he asked somebody at the door, said, who is that Jewish woman that's down there praying? He said, we don't have any Jewish women. And he was talking about Sister Davis. He said, she is speaking perfect Hebrew. I understand every word she's saying. And um, he said, I don't even know how I got here. He said, in fact, look at this. He opened his trench coat. He has pajamas on. He said, I was sound asleep. And the next thing I knew, I was walking up the steps of this church. I don't even know how I got here. Now, I'm going to tell you we can get in tune with the Holy Ghost and God can just reach out to folks whether they're sitting here or not. Hallelujah. So help me today, church, would you? Help me today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Both of these are familiar verses of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 Romans 6, 23. Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. There's two words that I want us to focus on in these two verses. Second Corinthians said, now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty. I want to say liberty. 
And then Romans 6.23 said, for the wages of sin is death. Everyone say death. So we're, we're looking at liberty or death. Right? Now, I, I want to preach to you for just a little while today about your only real choice. Your only real choice. Let's put our Bibles down and let's pray today. Would you pray for everyone, including those that are listening online or will listen later after this service has been recorded and posted online? Let's pray that hearts will be touched and lives will be changed today by the power of the word, amen, and the power of the spirit. Let's pray together, everyone, right now. Unless you help me, unless you anoint me, I've got to have the help of God today. I need your anointing. I need your touch. Would you use me? Would you touch my mind? Would you touch my voice today? Let me deliver the burden that you have put upon my heart. God, reach some soul today. I want somebody to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today, God. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship him one more time. Everybody, let's worship him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Now let, me, let me lay a little foundation here this morning before I get into what I really want to talk about today. And um, please don't let me lose you in the process. Today, of course, is July the 4th. And um, we know this as Independence Day. Many people today celebrate it as the birthday of America. Now the problem with that is, is that what we're really celebrating is not the birth of our nation. Not literally. Um, because we did not win independence on July 4th, 1776. Uh, in fact, we, we did not adopt our Constitution on July 4th. We didn't set up our Republic on July 4th. What happened on July 4th was the ratification of a document that stated that the 13 original colonies would no longer submit to British tyranny. They would govern themselves. They would be independent from the British crown. That's why it was called the Declaration of Independence. They were declaring that they were officially as of this day. July 4th, 1776. We are independent from the government 
of Britain. We refuse to be under the rule of the king any longer. We are now our own uh, people. Now, they, again, they had not established a country. They did not have a constitution. Amen. Now, the, the, the Declaration of Independence wasn't even signed on July the 4th. This is history that many of you don't know. They don't teach much American history anymore, even in American history classes. They have their own slant that they, because they want to make America look bad. And I'm going to tell you, all you got to do is go spend about a week in a third world country and you'll come back and love America. I promise you. You go with me. Right now in Zimbabwe, I just got a message from Bishop Lovu. I got a message from Bishop Lovu the other day. Uh, he, he is in, in uh, one of the rural areas around Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. And he said the government of Zimbabwe has decided that since there's another strain of COVID coming through, they are going to not allow the churches to meet at all. They cannot have church, period. Now that's the way it's done over there. And they have no recourse. The people cannot do anything. And, and I, I don't want to get into politics today. I really don't. But listen, one of the reasons why the government can get by with that is because the government does not allow the people to have arms. And so the government is the only group that has arms. So they can force the people to do whatever they want to do. Now again, I'm not trying to push a political perspective, but I'm just telling you this is one of the reasons why the founders put the Second Amendment in our Constitution. It was not so we could hunt deer. That's not what it was all about. The right to keep and bear arms was not about hunting animals. It was about protecting yourself from the government. That's what it was about. Because they had to live under a tyrannical government. And they said, we don't ever want Americans to live that way again. And they knew the only way that they would not live like that is if they were able to defend themselves. And listen to me, that's why our government wants to take away our guns today. Because the minute they do, we become Zimbabwe. Take it for what it's worth. I just had some people leave us online. I imagine the numbers just went down. But it's true anyhow. It's true anyhow. And I don't think we ought to turn back into the old west, you know, and uh, anyhow, I don't want to get into all that. But uh, there's balance, 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 balance in everything, balance in everything. But, but we do need to understand. Um, what I was saying was they, they're not teaching true American history anymore. In fact, I, I, I came really close when I was preaching in Aransas Pass. I came really, this may be a longer message than I thought if I keep getting into all these sidetracks. Um, when I was preaching in Rans's Pass, we went into a used bookstore, and they had a book that was printed. Did I, do you remember me telling you what year it was printed? It was printed in the 
late 1800s, I think. But it was a pictorial history of America. And I thought, man, if I had some way, it was a huge book, and our suitcases were packed. And I thought, if I had some way of getting that thing home, I'd love to have American history written in the 1800s and compare that to American history written today. So I guarantee you it's not the same story. But anyhow, um, I'm telling you truth here today. Uh, the Declaration of Independence was not even signed on July 4th, 1776. But it was ratified by 12 of the 13 representatives from the 13 original colonies. All right? Um, now, there was one representative, and that was the delegate from New York, who abstained uh, because he had not yet heard from his constituents how they wanted him to vote. And so he wouldn't vote for or against until he knew what they wanted. But there were 12 out of 13 that voted in favor of declaring independence from Great Britain. And that obviously is enough of a majority to carry. And so at that moment, the Declaration of Independence was ratified. It was the beginning of the birth of this nation. What we are, that's why today is called Independence Day. Are you with me? Now, now listen, probably, probably, many of you have not even read the Declaration of Independence. They got real quiet. Probably never read it. And, and yet, we would not be America without it. You, you probably have not read it. Now, when I was in school, back in the Stone Age, and we had our slates, and <laughs> hammers and chisels, you know, back then, we had to memorize the preamble to the Constitution. We had to, we, we had to memorize the, the, um, preamble to the declaration these were things that we had to memorize they don't do that anymore now I, I don't want to bore you and I hope it's not boring to you but I am going to read just a little bit of the declaration of independence today it's important for where I'm going all right I'm this is not going to be a political speech I'm going somewhere today and I'm asking you this really helps me not to have to push my voice too much to do what I'm doing right now. So bear with me for just a minute. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. 
we hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, everybody understands this. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator. Can you imagine our government putting out any document today? Do you know that our president on the National Day of Prayer would not even use the word God? Now that's a fact. Look it up. On our National Day of Prayer this year in May, the president would not use the word God. We've come a long way. Back to this. They are endowed by their creator, not by their government, but by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Now, I, I wish I didn't have to explain all this to you. But what they're saying is there are certain things God has given us as rights that nobody can take away from us. No government. No army. God gave us those rights and nobody can take them from us. That's what they said. And that among those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Now, again, they, they spoke in a higher level. And, you know, I have to look some of this stuff up. But here's what they're saying is, they're saying that a real government doesn't tell the people how things are going to go. The, a, a true government gets their authority from the people. The people tell them how to govern. Now that's the way we were founded. It's not the way we're run today, but it's the way we were founded. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. And in, in other words, any time that the people decide that the government is no longer serving us, we got the right to overthrow the government and just start a new one. Now that's what happened at the deck. I know this will mark me as an extremist. They may mark this and take it off of YouTube and throw me in the deepest, darkest dungeon. I don't know. All I'm doing is reading the Declaration of Independence. This is what we were founded on. And, and then they list their grievances against the king. And then they come down to this closing paragraph we, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world. They're speaking of God. For the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown 
and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance, listen to this last sentence, for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Now I want to tell you, when they said that, they meant what they said. They meant it. There were 56 men who signed that Declaration of Independence. Bear with me just a few minutes. I'm, I'm nearly to where I want to go today. 56 men signed that Declaration of Independence. And um, they signed it with that last statement in mind that in order to support our statement that we're independent from Great Britain, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Of those 56, nine died of wounds or hardships during the war. See, the war didn't end on July 4th. The war started. The war really got kicked off. That's when it really began. Uh, nine of them died of wounds or hardships during the war. Five were captured and imprisoned in each case with brutal treatment. Several lost their wives, their sons, and their entire families. One lost his 13 children. Two of them had their wives brutally treated. All were at one time or another the victims of manhunts and driven from their own homes. Twelve signers had their homes completely burned. Seventeen lost everything they owned. And yet not one of them, not one, defected or went back on his pledged word. Their honor and the nation they sacrificed so much to create is still intact. I hope you caught that last statement. Not just the nation's still intact. Their honor is still intact. And then there is the New Jersey signer. A man by the name of Abraham Clark. Let me tell you about Abraham Clark. He gave two sons to the officer corps in the Revolutionary Army. They were both captured were sent to a British prison boat. Uh, it was known as the Hell Ship, Jersey. 11,000 American captives died on board that ship. The younger Clarks were treated with special brutality because of their father. One was put in solitary and given no food. With the end almost in sight, 
and the war almost won. No one could have blamed Abraham Clark for acceding to the British request when they offered him his son's lives if he would just recant and come out for the king and parliament. Now do you understand? The war's almost over. America has almost gained its total freedom. They're right there at the edge. And Great Britain comes to Abraham Clark and says, we'll give you your sons back if you will come out and recant and say, you'll stand with the king. Would anybody blame him? His two sons' lives are at stake. The utter despair in this man's heart, the anguish in his very soul, must reach out to each one of us down through 200 years with his answer. No. The 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence proved by their every deed that they made no idle boast when they composed the most magnificent curtain line in history. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And I'm reading, I'm reading from a written article. I can give you that information after service if you want it. Now, I'm just, I'm trying to take us somewhere here today. I'm trying to show you what it cost to get us to where we were, where we are, what we have been as a nation. And I'm going there for a reason. Because it, one of the things that, that all of this brought about during this time, during all of this fighting, there was a great moment of escalation in military tension between the colonies and Great Britain. And um, there was a calling of a meeting in the colony of Virginia. It was the largest colony in America at that time. And they met in St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia. Yes, they met in a church. In fact, I, I've got so many notes, I've not, I didn't even put them in here. But I'm going to tell you, in spite of what everyone tells you, this nation was founded as a Christian nation. And the early rulings, even of the Supreme Court, stated that we should do nothing less than promote Christianity in this nation. Congress even published a Bible for the purpose of putting it in the schools. That's a historical fact. They said if we're going to have schools that we help finance, they're going to have a Bible in them. And we're going to make sure that it's an accurate Bible. That's, I'm talking about the U.S. Congress. All right, anyhow, I got to get through this. So it was at a moment when uh, this was all escalating and men were trying to decide whether they wanted to fight or they wanted to join uh, 
um, with Great Britain and just take the easy route. In fact, this all took place before the Declaration of Independence was ratified. It was one of the things that led up to that moment. It was here in St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia, that these delegates met and man after man spoke on whether or not Virginia would join in this revolutionary fight against Great Britain or if they would just bow down and be loyal subjects to the King of England. These men took their sides and they made their speeches and they did so passionately. And eventually one man took the floor and delivered a speech imploring the delegates to vote in favor of going to war. He spoke without any notes. He did it from his heart. He spoke in a voice that became louder and louder, climaxing with the now famous ending. I don't have time to read this whole speech to you. and I, I don't want to read the whole speech to you. But please bear with me as I read just a few lines from the speech that was given by the man who was then Virginia's governor, a man by the name of Patrick Henry. He said, no man thinks more highly than I do of the patriotism as well as the abilities of the very worthy gentlemen who have just addressed the house. But different men often see the same subject in different lights. And therefore, I hope it will not be thought disrespectful to those gentlemen if entertaining as I do opinions of a character very opposite to theirs, I shall speak forth my sentiments freely and without reserve. This is no time for ceremony. The questing before the house is one of awful moment to this country. For my own part, I consider it nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery. And in proportion to the magnitude of the subject ought to be the freedom of the debate. It is only in this way that we can hope to arrive at truth and fulfill the great responsibility which we hold to God and our country. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time through fear and of giving offense, I should consider myself as guilty of treason toward my country and of an act of disloyalty toward the majesty of heaven, which I revere above all earthly kings. There is no longer any room for hope. If we wish to be free, we must fight. I repeat it, sir. We must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. They tell us, sir, that we are weak, unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when shall we be stronger? Will it be the next week or the next year? When will it be when we are totally disarmed? When a British guard shall be stationed in every house? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs and hugging the delusion, uh, the delusive phantom of hope until our enemies shall have bound us hand and foot? Sir, we are not weak. If we make a proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. 
the millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It's to the vigilant, the active, the brave. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable and let it come. I repeat it, sir, let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to have it purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Now, Patrick Henry Obviously very passionate and understanding that a tyrannical government that is not stopped will only become more tyrannical. They don't become more kind. They don't become more lenient. They only become more tyrannical. How many of you know that just uh, this week, I think it was, the Supreme Court decided that homosexual rights take precedent over religious rights? The United States Supreme Court made that decision. We just lost liberty. Now again, this is not a political speech. I'm going somewhere. But I'm just telling you, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Because that's the way tyrants do things. And I'm not talking about a political party. I'm talking about our government. Both sides of the aisle. They're both in it for the same thing. Their own power. They don't care about us. Neither side cares about us. They care about their own power. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to get too political. I want to get into what I want to deal with. For Patrick Henry, he considered three options. Liberty. Bondage and death. That was the three he was looking at. If we don't fight, we'll end up in bondage. If we do fight, then we may end up in death and we may end up in liberty. But those are our three choices. And as he weighed them out, he came to this conclusion. Death was better than bondage. And liberty was better than anything. Now, 
This is Independence Day, and I really didn't want to spend all of this time talking about American history. I want to focus on the choices presented by Patrick Henry and make a spiritual application for just a few more minutes. I promise, not very long today. I've, I've gone through the bulk of my notes already. I, I, I want to just make a few applications here in a spiritual sense. Patrick Henry felt like there were three options for them politically, only two of which he was willing to consider. There were three options, but he was not willing to consider bondage as one of those. I'm going to tell you that when it comes to us, we really have less choices than he had. When it comes to the human race, it's not a matter of having three options. There are really only two. And I want to share those with you here today. The first and best option comes from the first verse that I read as my text. Now we get to the scripture. We'll leave all the American history behind and move into the spiritual side of all of this. Brother Hilton, read for me 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Read. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let me tell you, this is the option that is presented to us. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom from bondage. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter what kind of bondage you're in. If the Spirit of the Lord steps in, He will liberate you from any bondage. Well, hallelujah. I'm thankful for our forefathers that set us free back then from political bondage. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of people that were set free from political bondage still died in spiritual bondage. But I'm going to preach for a little while here this morning. If my voice will hold out, amen, I'm going to preach to you. Amen, there's a greater liberty that can be found than what was granted by the Declaration of Independence. There is a liberty that only the Spirit of the Lord can give. If you're bound today by alcohol, what you need is the Spirit of the Lord. When the Spirit of the Lord comes in, there's liberty from that bondage. If you're bound by drugs, what you need is the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. It will set you free from that bondage. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. You know, I said it I think it was last Sunday I said I don't understand all these churches that are getting away from preaching about the Holy Ghost yes. I'm telling you where the spirit of the Lord is that's where there's liberty that's why people come in bound by spirits of immorality bound by spirits of confusion bound by spirits of fear and they walk out just as bound as when they walked in. You know what they need? They don't need a profession. They don't need to just make a statement with their mouth. What they need is for the Spirit of the Lord to come in. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I'm telling you, when He comes in, He breaks every chain. When He comes in, He unlocks every prison door. When the Spirit of the Lord moves in, oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. I don't care what it is that's got you bound. When the Spirit of the Lord comes, wherever the Spirit of the 
Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. Somebody under the sound of my voice. Somebody listening today. You didn't sleep last night. You tossed and you turned. Amen. As you were haunted by a past that just won't let you go. Amen. You can't get away from things that you did. You just cannot escape. Amen. The things that are clinging to your mind. But I'm here to tell you there is something that can set you free. Amen. From that past. There is something that can liberate you from the bondage of those haunting memories. Oh hallelujah. It's called the Spirit of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. There's real freedom. Real freedom. Real freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is. Now I want to tell you today, you may not see yourself as being in bondage. But I want to tell you, if you look at this verse of Scripture, if you believe the Bible, if you believe the Bible, and I do, the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So if the Spirit of the Lord is not living in your life, you don't have liberty. Right. And if you don't have liberty, then you are in bondage. I know. I know folks walk into our church, they look at people like us and they say, "Oh, you folks are in bondage." No, no, no. No, no. You got it all backwards. You got it backwards. Don't look at us and say we're in bondage. We're not in bondage. Where the spirit of the Lord is, you know why you feel what you feel when you walk in these doors? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We don't live the way we live because we're in bondage. We live this way because we have liberty. See, cigarettes don't bind me. Alcohol doesn't bind me. Drugs don't bind me. Immorality doesn't bind me. I'm here to preach to you. I've got liberty today. I don't have to worry about what's the latest fad, the latest fashion. I don't have to worry about what's the latest look. I'm, I'm free from all that. I'm telling you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We're not the ones in bondage. It's those who don't have the Spirit. Because if the Spirit's not there, there's no liberty. And if there's no liberty, the only other choice is you're in bondage. Now let's let the scripture prove what I just said. Romans chapter 6 verse 16. Know ye not? Know ye not? That to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, mm -hmm. his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Yeah. Whether of sin unto death. Or of obedience unto righteousness. Oh, preacher, I've tried. I've tried to give this up. I've tried to lay this down. I can't. I can't. I can't. You know what you're telling me? 
you're in bondage. One man said, you're not smoking that cigarette. It's smoking you. That's right. You're not the one in control. Every time that bottle calls your name, you got to go pick it up again. That's bondage, my friend. Every time that desire gets a hold of you, you just got to go. You can't stop yourself. You can't change it. Every year, the first of the year, turn over a new leaf. Start a new resolution. Doesn't change anything. You know why? Because you're in bondage. To whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. That's, that's why drug dealers... That's why, that's why drug dealers get on the school campuses and start kids out with some little something that will make them feel good. It's to lead them down this dark path. It's to get them hooked on something. They know that before long, the kid is not calling the shots. The drugs are. And we can turn up our noses and we can, we can scorn those that, that rob and steal and murder to get their next fix or to get their next drink. But I'm here to tell you, they can't help themselves. They're bound. They are bound. They are bound. They're slaves. They've got a master that's driving them to do what they're doing. You know what needs to happen? They need the spirit of the Lord to come in and set them free. There is no liberty anywhere unless the spirit of the Lord is there. Now, Paul said, Paul said, to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Jesus said it even clearer than that. So let's just get it down where we really understand it. No questions about it. Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 8 and verse 34. Here's what he said. Jesus answered them. Jesus answered that. Now he's talking to religious Jews. Right. He's talking to church people. Just like I'm talking to today. Hello. Now you don't have to be quiet just because my voice is bad. He's talking to church people. Yes, sir. And he said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whosoever committed whoever commits sin, sin is the servant is of the sin. Servant of sin. Right. Do you see what he just said? He said, you're bound. Yes. I don't care if you do have a religion. Right. I don't care if you do go to church. That's right. I don't care if you're there every week. Right. I don't care if you count your beads. You talk to Mother Mary. Uh-huh. I don't care if you go to confession. Right. <laughs> After camp the other night, Camden, my old grandson, he came up to me and said, Grandpa, would you go with me to the concession stand? I said, confession stand? What have you got to confess? No, Grandpa, concession. 
He said, boy, what have you done? You got to confess. But you know, it's not just those that are counting beads and talking to Mother Mary. There's people sitting on other church pews. There's people sitting on other church pews that are involved in things they know they shouldn't be involved in. And Jesus said, whosoever committeth, you see that E-T-H, we're talking present, active, indicative. We're talking about something that's ongoing, not just somebody who did it, but somebody who lives that way. Somebody just keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it. And he said, if that's the case in your life, you are the servant, doulos, you are the slave of sin. You're in bondage. You're in bondage. And there's only one way to find liberty. But now, let me just tell you, because I, I, I told you I wasn't going to keep you long, and I really don't intend to. But, but let me tell you something. I, I said there's really only two choices, and the choices are not liberty or bondage. That's not the choices you get to make. See, the fact of the matter is, you didn't choose bondage. You're born that way. Romans 6 verse 23 says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, go, to, let's go to Ezekiel 18 and 4. Behold, all so, souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. Uh-huh. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It shall die. Now we're going to come back to those verses in a minute. Uh, Romans 3.23 is where I really wanted to go. I was going to skip ahead a little bit. I'm sorry. Romans 3.23, read for me. For all have sinned. Oh, wait a minute. For what? All, all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. And come short of the glory of God. Everybody. Everybody. That means you. I've had people say, well, you know, I've never cheated on my wife. Or I've never killed somebody. I mean, I, I had not been that bad. doesn't matter how bad. It's not a question of degrees. I like to say it this way. I used to live in the state of Colorado. And in the state of Colorado, you could be up at the top of a 14,000 foot mountain. Or you could go to the Royal Gorge and be down at the Arkansas River. And you'd be at sea level. 14,000 feet above or at sea level. And whether you were at the bottom of the Royal Gorge or the top of Pikes Peak, you're still in the state of Colorado. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you are squeaky clean or a serial killer. You're still in the state of sin. You're born that way. Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore? As by one man one sin man. entered into the world. Sin entered into the world. And death by death sin. By sin. And so death passed upon death all passed men. passed upon all men. For that all. For that all. Sin. For that all. For that all. 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 All have sin. I'm here to preach to you. I'm telling you, you don't choose bondage. You're born into bondage. That's not a choice. Bondage is not a choice. You're born that way. 
Well, hallelujah. But I want to tell you, amen, what happens. There is an outcome for bondage. There is an outcome for what you're born into. Now let's back up and read again Romans 6, 23. What did he say? For the wages wages of of what you were born into. The wages, the paycheck that's coming for what you were born into is what? It's death. It's death. It's death. Ezekiel 18.4 says what? Behold, all souls, all are, souls mine. are mine. As the soul of the, the, father, soul of the father, also the soul of the son, the soul that sins, it shall die. I'm here to tell you something. You were born into a state of bondage. You're born into a state of bondage. And death is what's coming your way. Death was given to you because of the way you were born. But I am here to tell you there is a choice you can make. You can continue on in the path you were born into. You can continue on, amen, in your bondage which will lead you to death or you can make a choice. But you really only have one choice. Amen, you really only have one option. You can either stay the way you are or you can make a choice today. Oh, thank God. You don't have to die. You don't have to remain in bondage. You don't have to stay the way you are. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. My voice is going. I got to hurry. I call heaven and earth to I call heaven this day and earth you. to record this day against you. That I set before I've you. Set before you. Life and, life and death. Blessing, blessing and, cursing. and cursing. Therefore, therefore, choose, therefore life. choose life. Choose life. Choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. I'm here today to tell you, you've got a choice today. You've got a choice today. You can continue to live in bondage which will lead you to death or you can choose I'm coming out I'm getting out of bondage I'm leaving my chains behind me I'm going on to freedom how how do you find that freedom well I told you how it's where the spirit of the Lord is That's what you're missing today. That's why there's still bondage there. It's where the spirit of the Lord is. That's where there's liberty. So how do you get the spirit of the Lord? Well, let's let Peter tell us. Let's stand. Musicians come. Acts chapter 2. Amen. Let's let Peter tell us. Let's, Let's read verse 37. Now when they heard, when they this, heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were pricked in their heart. They said to Peter, they said to Peter and, the rest of the apostles, and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now listen to me, listen to me. There are folks that want to take you to the book of Romans. There are people that want to take you, amen, to the book of Revelation. They want to take you other places. But right here, right here in the book of Acts is the very first time that you're going to find sinners asking someone how to be saved. This is the first time when the church is born that sinners ask how to be saved and Peter's going to give them the answer then Peter said unto them then Peter said unto them this is what 
you got to do. First of all, repent. You need to recognize that you're in bondage. You need to recognize that you're going to die if you don't make a change. You're on the road to death. You need to repent of that. You need to ask God to forgive you of that. You need to ask God to help you. Amen. To make a change in your life and turn around. Repent. And be baptized. And be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, but is it really for me? Is it really for me? Read. For the promise, for the promise is, unto you, is to you and to your and children, to your children and to all and to that all are far that off, are off even, even as many as, as the Lord our God shall call. Yes, it's for you. He wants you to have liberty. He wants you to have freedom. He wants you to cut away from those chains. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. See, when that Spirit comes inside, that's when real liberty comes. Read for me John chapter 8. Amen. Verse number 36 read. If the Son therefore, if the son therefore shall, make you, shall free, make you free, ye shall be free ah, indeed. Yeah, that's when real freedom comes. Uh, you listen to me. I thank God for America, but real freedom didn't come on July 4, 1776. Real freedom came about 30 A.D. Amen. When Jesus, amen, cried, it is finished. And then three days later came out of the grave. And then about 50 days later, the Holy Ghost was poured out. That's when real freedom came on the day of Pentecost. Real freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. It's the day of Pentecost that is the real Independence Day. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay bound. If you're tired of those chains, if you're tired of living the way you live, you don't have to stay bound. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's liberty. There's liberty. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Come on, saints, come on. There's liberty. 